Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Clint Eastwood famously said in the Dirty Harry movie, you got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky, punk? If there's one word that's come to characterize the year 2020, it's the word risk. What are the chances that the President of the United States would catch COVID-19? What are the chances that two major hurricanes would hit the exact same location only five weeks apart? What are the chances that government would bail out the airline industry and then fail to act a second time when the funds ran out? What are the chances that governments would announce a bailout program that's so difficult to qualify for, the majority of it goes unspent? And here we are. A risk is nothing new. It's been ever-present. But this year has seen some risks that would have defied logic and for sure been considered low probability to come true. The fact is, most of us are not trained in how to assess risk or even manage it. For that reason, I'm hosting a free one-hour risk management webinar on the evening of October 15th. In that workshop, I'm going to give you the tools to recognize it, categorize it, quantify it, and plan for it. Now, if you can't make it, or if you want to review the material a second time, we will be recording the talk, but you've got to register to get access to the recording. To register, go to victorjm.com events. That's victorjm.com events. On today's show, we're talking about one of the consequences of 2020, and one of those for sure is that taxes are going to change in the coming year. I'm going on record as predicting that regardless who wins the federal election in November, taxes are going to change. Now, you're probably thinking, I'm not saying anything terribly earth-shattering. I expect all of you expect that. Tom Wheelwright is one of the best-known accountants on the conference circuit. He's one of Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad advisors, and I love the degree to which he explains the tax code. Some people think of the tax code as a way for governments to extract money from the population. And there's two ways you can look at a tax. You can look at it in terms of its absolute percentage, or you can look at the rates relative to what they were last year. Did the rate go up? And if so, by how much? Or did it go down? And often, politicians tend to focus on revenue collection, but they often ignore the side effect, which can be more difficult to predict. Tom Wheelwright has a secondary definition, which I find equally useful. The tax code can be seen as a series of incentives. In that secondary definition, Tom makes it clear that you're not taxed on how much money you earn. You're taxed on how you receive that money. Structure matters more than dollars in this instance. If you receive money as employment income versus interest income versus business income versus capital gains, they all get taxed differently. The most favorable tax treatment could be considered an incentive to adopt the most favorable structure. This is something that governments sometimes forget. All levels of government collect tax. Some tax consumption, some of them tax property ownership, some tax income. There's taxes everywhere. Most cities calculate the amount of property tax owing based on a tax rate which is multiplied against the assessed value of the property. The tax rate can vary by the area depending on the type of property and the costs associated with the infrastructure in the area. For example, some areas with new schools or higher water costs may have a higher tax rate. Some rural areas that don't have water supply or trash collection may offer a lower tax rate. In my home city, the tax rate averages at about 1.07%. The city of Vancouver, which is one of the most desirable and beautiful cities in the world, has a tax rate of just 0.26%. Houston, Texas has one of the higher tax rates in the country at an average of 2.09%. But Texas 
has one of the lowest state income tax rates. Nashville, Tennessee made headlines earlier this year when their city council passed a 34% property tax increase. But taxes in Nashville are still a pretty respectable 0.97%. They had the 15th lowest tax rate in the country before the increase, and today they're about the middle of the pack, ranking around the median property tax rate for the U.S. Illinois has a high state tax rate and the second highest property tax rate in the country. California has relatively low property tax rates at 0.76%, placing them in the lowest third of the state property taxes, but they have the highest state income tax rate of any state in the country. There's a few places that stand out above all the rest. The state that created the largest incentive for people to leave was New Jersey. They have the sixth highest state income tax rate and the highest property tax rate in the nation. So when you look at net migration, California led the pack, having lost more people than any other state, having lost 203,000 people last year. New York State lost 180,000 people, Illinois 114,000, New Jersey lost 49,000, and Massachusetts lost 30,000. There's a very clear correlation, not necessarily a causality, but definitely a correlation between the combined tax rates and net migration. And when you look at Florida's average property tax rate, placing it 26th among states in the union, combined with a zero personal state income tax rate, is it any wonder that you hear so many New York and New Jersey accents in Florida? The incentive was for people to move to Florida. As you think about that, think of taxes as merely incentives and make your decisions accordingly. An awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.